Good evening and welcome to Mining the Riches of the Parsha. Tonight is Thursday night, July 22nd, 2021. This week's Parsha is the portion of the Eschanan, and this Shabbos is also known as Shabbos Nachamu, the Shabbos of com comfort and consolation, the Shabbos after Tisha B'Av, which was this past Sunday. And this Shabbos, this Shabbos of consolation and comfort, deals with the aftermath of Tisha B'Av. What do we take forward with us as we go into the next part of the Jewish calendar? It's very important to clarify because Tisha B'Av is not meant to be just a one-day occurrence. The underlying concepts, the lessons, are meant to be taken forward. So I want to share with you a remarkable essay written by Sivan Rahab Meir. What are the three most important messages to take away from the book of Echa, the book of Lamentations, written by Yermio, the prophet Jeremiah, that we read last Saturday night on Tishabav. And her approach is to make use of statistics to find the top three word families. So to do a statistical analysis of the work, of the work and then to find which word families, that is, families where words and associated words with them, which groups of words occur most frequently, and those words will reflect in a very deep way the three most important messages that we are to take away from Tisha B'Av. Number one, the word or the form of the word that occurs more frequently than any other, more than 20 times in the work of Echa, is the word bat, which means daughter. Bat Zion, daughter of Zion. Bat Yerushalayim, daughter of Jerusalem. Bat Ami, daughter of my nation. Bat Yehuda, daughter of Judah. Etc., etc. The message from the frequency of this word in all of its usages is that the Jewish people is the daughter of Israel. The relationship between God and the Jewish people is a parent-child relationship. And what is unique about that relationship, unique among every other relationship in the world, is that it is impossible to end. It is impossible to quit. There's no divorce. The relationship between God and the Jewish people lasts forever. And so what Yermio is teaching us with the frequency of this family of words is that what we are supposed to do after Tisha B'Av also is remember we are children of God. Despite the destruction, 
despite the exile, remember that our relationship with God can never be destroyed. Number two. The next most common family of words are the words connected with weeping or crying. In the first chapter, bitterly she weeps in the night, her cheek is wet with tears. For these do I weep. My eyes, my eyes flow with tears. Shivchi kamayim libech nochach pnei Hashem. Pour out your heart like water in the presence of God. This is something that is difficult for many of us today. For many of us, weeping, crying, openly, certainly publicly, for many of us is unnatural. It makes us uncomfortable whether we are doing it or whether we are seeing someone else do it. But that's not the way it should be. We have to give ourselves permission to be human to be afraid, to be sad, and to express that with tears. Recently, I was at a funeral. It was the funeral of an elderly woman. She had lived a full life. She had been sick for quite a long time. And at her grave, her daughter was sobbing loudly, distraught, unconsolable. Now, of course, that was completely appropriate. But I thought to myself, when was the last time I saw that at a funeral? When was the last time, and I really don't remember when, that I saw someone so consumed with grief that they were just yelling and crying and sobbing. But of course, that is natural. That is appropriate. It shouldn't be hard to think of the last time we either saw it or did it ourselves. It shouldn't be rare. And the message of Yirmiyo is that we should be able to express our emotions with tears. Dr. David Pelkowitz gave an amazing presentation. And he said, tears can be evoked by many different stimuli. For example, a person can cry tears if they have an allergy. If you analyze the chemical makeup of tears that are a response to allergy, what you will find, he said, is salt and water. 
sadness. When sadness leads to tears, the chemical composition of the tears is completely different. Because that kind of crying releases stress hormones. And it is helpful to the body and helpful to the mind. The truth is, our rabbis understood this in the Talmud. Our rabbis say, Igra de Hespeda, the benefit of eulogy. It's a little hard to think. We don't think about a eulogy as being something that has a, a benefit, a value. Yulula is the crying. There is a benefit that comes from crying tears of sadness and grief and loss when we have suffered such an appropriate phenomenon. And especially tears in community, tears that are shed as a group. So listen to this. Dr. Pelkowitz shared this. It's a scientific study. A group of researchers did the following study. They put people at the bottom of a hill and they asked them to estimate how high is the hill. Here's what they found. If the person standing at the bottom of the hill who was being asked to estimate how high it was, if that person was standing alone, the estimates were very, very steep. If someone was with them, the individual estimates were less steep. And the closer the other person is, to their side, the less steep further it looks and the less tired they feel walking up. Joining together in feeling the pain of others, to see it, to imagine it, to tie it together with other tragedies, it makes us more able to face it. And we should try, and I say this to myself as I say it to you, we should try to loosen ourselves, to allow ourselves to be able to feel the release of emotional tears when appropriate. The third family of words the third most frequent family of words in the book of Eicha, this occurs 14 times, is connected to the word shuv, which means return. But here it's very interesting because of the 14 examples of the word or a form of the word shuv to return, there is a development, a transformation in the meaning of the word from the beginning of the work until the end. Let me show you what I mean. In the first chapter of Echa, we have a verse. 
Paras reshes leraglai heshivani achar. He spread a net for my feet. He hurled me backward. Heshivani pushed me back. Well, that's the word shuv, return or, or push back, but in a very negative way. It refers to God pushing us away, pushing us back, causing us to fall. That's a very negative usage of this word. In chapter 3, we find the same root word, but in a more optimistic tone. Let us search and examine our ways. And let us return to God. Okay, this is a whole different direction. Now we're not being pushed back away from God. Now we're using the same word, the same root word, a different form of the same root word, to come closer to God. And then finally, at the very end, we have the famous verse, Hashivenu Hashem Elecha Vinashuva Chadesh Yomenu Kikedem. Hashivenu Hashem Elecha, return us to you, God, Vinashuva, that we may be returned. Chadesh Yomenu Kikedem, renew our days like they were before. So we have the same word family that starts off in a very negative way and it develops, it unfolds, it transforms into a very positive aspect. You may have remembered the end of the book of Eicha is quite interesting because there's the verse that I just read, Hashiveinu Hashem that's not the last verse, that is the penultimate verse. There's one more verse. Ki ma'astanu You have utterly rejected us. Katsavta aleinu ad ma'od You are exceedingly angry with us. That's the last verse of the book of Echa. Now you may notice, you may have noticed on Saturday night, our custom is we read the penultimate verse next to the last, Hashivenu. We read the last verse, and then we repeat the penultimate verse. So we say, Hashivenu Hashem, return us, God. Ki tanu, because you have rejected us. And then we end with going back to, Hashivenu Hashem Elecha, return us to you, God. Why is that last, next to the last line repeated? So one answer is, we don't like to end a work on a bad note. The last Pusik, you have rejected us, you're angry with us, is that how you end off the work? It's, it's, it's too frightening, it's too upsetting to end off on that note. We have one more verse, we repeat the penultimate verse to end off on a note of optimism. Okay. That's the traditional answer. I heard Rabbi Mordechai Willig give the following answer based on an earlier source, a completely different way of understanding it. 
Rabbi Willig explains the last verse is actually a question. It's not a statement. The verse, the last verse is, Ki imma'os ma'astanu, have you utterly rejected us, God? Katsavta alenu admaod, are you exceedingly angry with us? That's the question that we pose by the time we get to the end of the book of Echa, and we answer that question. No. Hashivenu Hashem Elecha Return us to you, God. Renew our days. Renew our intimacy. These are three messages that stay with us today, this Shabbos, and going forward. The message that no matter what happens, we are the child of God, and that relationship can never be broken no matter what else happens. The message that we should be able to express our emotions openly as a way of helping ourselves. And the lesson that God never rejects his people. God always wants us to come closer. Okay. Let's move now to our Parsha. This week's Parsha, the Parsha of Eschanan, famously contains the Aseris Adibros, the Ten Commandments. Of course, it is a repetition because you remember back in the book of Shmos in the Parsha of Yisro, that was the narrative of the Jewish people standing at Mount Sinai and God spoke the Ten Commandments to the entire Jewish people. Now, in our Parsha of Eschanan, at the end of 40 years, 40 years later, Moshe is reminding the Jewish people of that event and Moshe is quoting what God had said at that earlier event. And so Moshe repeats God's words of the Aseris Adibros, the Ten Commandments. The only problem is there are some slight discrepancies in the text between the first version and the second version. For example, one of the more famous ones, in the first version, in the book of Shemos, the fourth of the Ten Commandments begins with the words, Zachar es Yom HaShabbos Lekadsho. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The mitzvah of Shabbos. In our Parsha, the fourth commandment begins, Shamar es Yom HaShabbos Lekadsho. Guard or protect the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The rest of the wording is the same, but that first word, they're two different words. So how is it possible that there should be such a discrepancy? I mean, Moshe is quoting what God said. God clearly said something. How is it that we can't get the quote right? So our sages explain that it is not actually an inconsistency. It's not a contradiction. Rather, and this is to quote from the words that we say on Friday night during Kabbalat Shabbat, when we say L'chadodi, we say, Shamar v'zachar b'dibor echad. The word shamar, 
And the word zachar were said by God, something that is not possible for a human being to do. They were said by God simultaneously. God said two words at the same time. Since it's not possible for a human being to do that, in one place, one word is used. In the other place, the other word is used, but it was both words together that was actually expressed by God. In other words, to make it understandable for us, there are two layers to the meaning of Shabbos. One is Zachar, and the other is Shamar. And God was conveying these two layers, these two aspects at the same moment. What are the two layers of understanding Shabbos, appreciating Shabbos? There are a number of ways to understand that, but one of the ways is as follows. Shamar, in our parsha, Shamar means to guard, to protect. It means to observe the details of observance. Guard that you don't do anything that violates the Shabbos. And this refers to the 39 categories of of activity that we're not allowed to engage in on Shabbos, with all of the consequences and ramifications of that. We guard Shabbos, we protect Shabbos, we, we uh, 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 watch out for Shabbos by being very careful not to do any action that would be prohibited on Shabbos. So that's one layer to experiencing Shabbos, to be very careful about our actions, that they're correct. Zachar means to remember. It is something that is spiritual. It is something that is positive. Something that we bring to Shabbos. Not that we desist from, but that we engage in. On Friday night, after the service of Kabbalat Shabbat, and just before Marev, the evening service, so just as Shabbos is beginning, all Jews in synagogue have the custom to say a prayer that relates to Shabbos. However, not all Jews say the same prayer. Among Ashkenazic Jews, the prayer that is said is which is actually not a prayer. It is a session of study. It is the second chapter of the tractate of Shabbos that deals with the laws of lighting Shabbos candles. What wicks are we allowed to use to light Shabbos candles? What oils are we allowed to use? What we're not allowed to use because we're not allowed to touch the lights. We don't want to... Uh, um, do anything that might cause the lights to go out. We don't want to be tempted and forget and make a mistake and relight the Shabbos light. So what are the details of how we light the Shabbos candles in order not to violate the laws of Shabbos? And it is relevant because it's at the moment when Shabbos starts, which is the time that we light Shabbos candles. So around the time that we light Shabbos candles, we review all the rules. We review all the laws concerning lighting the Shabbos candles. Using the terminology that I'm using, I would say that is an expression of shamar, 
Guard the Shabbos day to keep it holy. Protect it. Make sure that you're doing it correctly and not violating it in any way. Many Sfardim and some Hasidim say a different prayer. And this prayer is a passage from the Zohar. The classic work of Kabbalah Jewish mysticism. And the prayer is usually referred to as Kigavna, because that's the first word. It's written in Aramaic, not Hebrew. And here are a few lines from this prayer. Kigavna di'inun misyachadin la'ela be'echad. Just as they in heaven unite into oneness, so to the Sabbath on earth below joins us to the mystery, the secret of God's oneness. Raza de Shabbos, the mystery of Shabbos, the secret of Shabbos. It is the way in which Shabbos connects us to the oneness of God. Va'an paha nihirim b'nihiru ilah. The the countenance, like the face of Shabbos, is illuminated with a supernatural light. The atras letasa ba'amal kedisha, and becomes a crown for the holy Jewish people. And all Jews are crowned with a holy new soul to be able to connect to God on Shabbos. That's an expression of Zachar Es Yom HaShabbos Lekadshu. Of remembering, of a spiritual connection of an awareness of what Shabbos is supposed to do for me. Where is it supposed to bring me? How does it bring me closer to God? What am I supposed to feel like spiritually? The Rav, Rav Salavechik, used to say that that prayer, which again, I'm an Ashkenazic Jew. I don't say that prayer on a regular basis. That prayer, says the Rav, is the highest expression of the essence of Shabbos. Personally, I feel that prayer very deeply. Whenever I am in a place and the custom of that place is to say that prayer, it resonates with me. The truth is, we need both. The truth is that the prohibition of work, shamar, is necessary to create the space so that we take away the distractions so that we can engage in the holiness and the feelings of oneness and the intimacy with God. The feelings of oneness and remembering Shabbos and coming closer to God would not happen without being freed from all the other responsibilities that Shamar allows us. Either alone is insufficient. We need both.
Rabbi Yehud Amital, when he established his yeshiva just south of Jerusalem many years ago, he did something. I've never heard of this being done anywhere else. He established a new custom that in his yeshiva, they would say both prayers. They would say, Bama Malikin, and then they would say, Kagavna, and then they would continue with Mar of the evening service. You need broad shoulders to be able to initiate a new custom like that. But the concept is deeply true. So when we read on this Shabbos, Shamar, and we think to ourselves, ah, oh, that's not the same word that was used last time when it said Zachar. Let's focus on this dual nature of Shabbos. And let's try to show the proper emphasis to both layers, as God intended. These days, we have such short attention spans. It's hard to believe that just a week ago, the biggest story in the Jewish world was baseball until it became ice cream. But last week, in case you've forgotten or if you were not paying attention, history was made twice in two days. For the first time ever, two young Jewish Orthodox men were drafted into Major League Baseball. Never happened before. From what I've read, they both seem like wonderful boys, and I wish them both well. Sports role models can be deeply inspiring, as well as deeply offensive, and I hope these boys will make the right choices. Both of these boys are from modern Orthodox backgrounds. One of the boys said he will not play on Shabbos or Yom Tov because he is a Shomer Shabbos person. He's an Orthodox boy. And his team, the team that drafted him, agreed to this condition of his employment. Now that's amazing. It has never happened before. That is really something to celebrate. That is something to hold up, for example, to our kids or our grandkids and to say, see, a Shomer Shabbos Jew, you can accomplish anything in the wider world and still benefit from the beauty of Jewish tradition. There's no contradiction. There's no inconsistency. That's really beautiful. The other boy said that he will play on Shabbos but he will insist on sleeping near the stadium so that he won't have to travel on Shabbos. And he only eats kosher food, so if he goes to a city that does not have kosher food, he will bring his own. And this is also a noble accomplishment. It's not right, but it is noble, and it's inspiring for many people to keep as much as you can. Even if not perfect, still it's very good. Every mitzvah is a mitzvah. It's still inspiring 
to see someone struggling to do what's right and realizing, even if I'm not perfect, but I'm at least going to try as much as I can, that is also noble and admirable and inspiring. So I don't want to criticize this second boy. But it's not right to play baseball on Shabbos. Why? What's wrong with playing baseball on Shabbos? So, we can discuss a list of reasons why. If you hit a home run out of the park, it's like you're caring because it's like you threw something into a public domain. If you rub something onto a baseball, that's prohibited because it's smoothing something into the layer of the baseball. It's also against the rules of baseball, I understand, but it seems to be quite widespread. If you, with your foot, smooth out the dirt in front of you before you uh, pitch a pitch or before you come to bat, which you see baseball players doing, that's a prohibited activity. And certainly if you're a professional, you're working on Shabbos and you're being paid for it, that's prohibited. But here's the point I want to make. Even if you sleep close by and you're inside a stadium, so it's like an Eruv, so there's no prohibition of carrying or throwing inside the, the stadium. Even if you come up with a solution for each one of those details, playing baseball is not how a Jew should spend Shabbos. Even if you could figure out an answer to all these shamar issues, it is completely lacking in the zahar issues. Playing baseball will never lead to is achadis letasa beraza de echad, allowing the Sabbath to join together with the mystery of God's oneness. It will not express. Raza de Shabbos, the secret of Shabbos that binds us to the oneness of God. And it will not crown us with a new elevated soul. We cannot have a meaningful Shabbos without Shamar, the rules, the protections. And we cannot have a meaningful Shabbos without Zachar without remembering the reason that the other activities are prohibited to us in order to allow us the room, the spiritual room, to move closer to God. Without that, Shabbos just is not working. My friends, I want to wish you a great Shabbos. And I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.